0: The Oklahoma City Thunder see no votes for their star rookie Josh Giddy in the Rookie of the Year voting. How does that voting process work? Plus, will Josh Giddy earn first-team all-rookie honors? And should the Thunder bring back Russell Westbrook? All this and more coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day.
1: You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I'm your host. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles, follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod, email the show, Lothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into Josh Giddey not getting a single vote for Rookie of the Year, how the voting process works, who won Rookie of the Year, plus we're going to take our three spins on tankathon.com and discuss Russell Westbrook's possible return to Oklahoma City. But first, let's dive into Josh Giddy. So Josh Giddey does not earn a single vote in the Rookie of the Year race. Scotty Barnes wins the award. He had 48 first-place votes, 43 second-place votes, nine third-place votes, and he earned uh, 378 points because first-place votes and the, all those votes aren't t- entirely up to be points and wins Rookie of the Year. So congratulations to Scotty Barnes for winning Rookie of the Year. Evan Mobley finishes second. He has 43 first-place votes, 46 second-place votes, 10 third place votes, and he tallies up 363 points. So, a very close margin there between Barnes and Mobley, as it should be. I don't think that either one had the runaway factor. I think that the tiebreaker could have been Scotty Barnes' Raptors were in the top five largely because of Scotty Barnes, although Evan Mobley helped carry the Cavs to the play in. So, again, I wouldn't call it wrong either way, as long as it was one of Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley, uh, no matter who you had on your ballot. Rookie of the year, but that is just how it broke out this time. And then third place was Cade Cunningham. He had nine first place votes, 10 second place votes, and then 78 third place votes uh, with 153 points total. No big deal, right? That should be the top three. And so, in a vacuum, it shouldn't matter past this. However, uh, we know we don't live in a perfect world. In a perfect world, the only votes would go to Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, uh, Cade Cunningham. That'd be it. That'd be the only votes. However, Jalen Green got one second place vote. Uh, Franz Wagner got two third place votes. Herb Jones got a got a third place vote. So again, should anyone receive votes besides Scottie Barnes, Evan Mobley, and Kid Cunningham? No, nobody should receive votes besides them. I think that that should have been the only three players to get votes in the Rookie of the Year race. And so I can see where Thunder fans complaining to the outside looking in. You know, to, to the outside casual NBA fan might seem. Ridiculous because, well, who should you put in your ballot besides those three? Because you only get three slots. The problem is that's not how the voting works, right? We don't live in a perfect world. Because the media that votes on these awards understands their one vote can be thrown away because it will not decide or change anything. So the voters will take their vote. They they're understand that they should vote for Scotty, Evan, and Kate in some order on their ballot. But they won't do that because they want to give other players recognition, a pat on the back, and just kind of a, a kudos for their season. So they technically still finish in the race and get some votes and get some recognition by being on this list and, and find themselves on the ballot. And so my problem is not that Josh Gay did not finish in the top three. He shouldn't have. My problem is if you're going to throw away your vote, because my ballot, if I had a vote, would have been Scotty, Evan, and Cade. That's, that's just that. But if you're going to throw away your vote, I don't think anyone deserves more of a pat on the back as a throwaway vote than Josh Giddey. Four Western Conference Rookie of the Month awards. Only lost the fifth one due to injury. I think that you look at that and realize, two of the people receiving votes were in the Western Conference, Jalen Green and Herb Jones. I think that Josh Giddey was the most consistent rookie. Jalen Green was not good in the first half of the season. Herb Jones is a really good defender. I like Herb Jones a lot, but Josh Giddey did things that, you know, you you just don't see from rookies. And again, going back to that, did not play enough games narrative. Well, Jalen Green struggled for months to start the season. So in a way, sure, he was active for those games, but he was not a rookie of the year caliber player for those games. Josh Giddey was really good the entire time as a day one starter somebody who thrived in a ball handler role uh, from the word go not to mention his four triple doubles he had a double double without scoring a single point That has not been done since 1971 he had the three straight triple doubles to add up to those four which is uh, the same amount as John Morant has in his career right now he had statistics that compare him to LeBron and to Wilt, Magic, Larry Bird, other legends statistically and again stats can be contorted and countered around and and you can have as many qualifiers as you need to have that happen for a lot of different players but again it's important to note that the media and the people who vote on player of the month gave him every award he was eligible for right i mean you can't you you know reasonably vote him as as player of the month that last month of the year whenever he didn't play So every time that he played he got rookie of the month in the western conference so there's just not a lot of data to suggest that Josh Giddy should not have gotten a vote whenever Jalen Green or Franz Wagner or Herb Jones should. The Thunder finished better than the Rockets did. If you care about winning, which was the tiebreaker for Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley, they won more than the Magic did. And then the Pelicans, of course, are a playoff team and they're scrappy, and, and Herb Jones is getting talked about possibly being a defensive player already, but in a totality of what Rookie of the Year means and, and what it's about. is just your rookie season and kind of what your overall game is. And uh, I view it kind of also as a ceiling type of award, but although it's only about this first year, I just don't see how you can avoid voting for Josh Giddy Rookie of the Year if you're going to throw away your votes, right? Again, if you're not going to throw your vote and take your ballot seriously for the ones that did that, I have no problem with it. But if you're going to admit if you're going to concede your ballot, right, and concede that you're not going to make the reasonable choices and you're just going to throw it away for recognition otherwise and, and, and elsewhere, the list should start and stop with Josh Giddy. So, whenever people left off, Evan Mobley, left off, Kate Cunningham to get to these votes, I don't know how you went to anyone except for Josh Giddy. The big kicker here is, as I told you, whenever Josh Giddy was not a finalist for this award, which he shouldn't have been, you should expect Josh Giddy to be on the all-rookie team first team. If he's not on the first-team all-rookie, that's, that's just hard to imagine. Yes, this is a loaded draft class, but it's partially a loaded draft class because of Josh Giddy, because of what he turned into at pick six. I have a bad feeling he's not going to be first-team all-rookie, but he absolutely should. And so is it worth it to get upset or outrage at this? No. I will struggle to rein back Thunder Twitter or to try to be the voice of reason or to try to calm everybody down if he's not first-team Rookie. If he's not first-team Rookie, everybody listening to the sound of my voice right now can go and just let the media have it and and rip the voters and rip the system and rip everything else because he should be first-team Rookie. As just a in-the-weeds conversation, he should have also been voted for working of the year, if you're going to throw away your ballots. And to the v- voters who did not throw away their ballot, I don't have any problem with it. I wouldn't have. I would have voted for Scotty, Evan, Cade. But to the voters who consciously decided, hey, I'm not going to take my ballot seriously. I'm going to try to get someone else recognition. It's a tough look. It's a tough look to do that and then also not recognize Josh Kitty Now, a lot goes into it. There's beat writers who want to vote for the person that they're going to be seeing in around. Uh, constantly and get in the good graces that way a lot goes into the award voting but on surface level it should be josh getting getting a single vote not to not get a single vote when there were people who were comfortable enough to not give the ballot the quote-unquote respect that deserves or everyone to term it was laughable but he should be first team rookie if he's not first team rookie we're gonna have some problems we're going to have some problems in Bricktown. So get ready, start sharpening your pitchfork, start sharpening your knives for the virtual Twitter warfare that's going to go on if uh, Josh Giddy is not a member of the first team all-working squad in the NBA at the end of the season. But coming up, we're going to talk about should Russell Westbrook be back in Bricktown and what that might look like. Plus, we're going to take our three spins on thinkathon.com and lay out scenarios for each and every one of them. But I do want to tell you right now about a good friends over at Shady Rays, folks. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of a $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the cost. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed and durable frames, premium high-end finishes. Also, something you will not find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes loss and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and you will not regret it. Because if you do not love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com, use the code LOCKEDON, get 50% off two or more pairs of Polaroid sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses, backed by over 150,000 verified five star reviews. Go check out Shady Rays as it gets hotter and hotter in Oklahoma. The sun gets brighter and brighter, and you start staying outside in the summertime. You're going to want Shady Rays. Go check them out today at Shady Rays. Use the code LOCKED ON.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
0: thunder podcast on the locked on podcast network it's your teams every day i'm your host rylan styles you can follow me on twitter at rylan underscore styles follow the show on twitter at lo thunder email the show oh thunder on today's show we've talked about josh getting not receiving a vote we're gonna talk about russell westbrook coming up uh, but i do want to tell you for your second listen check out lockdown now uh, it is an incredible podcast. that recaps the night before in the NBA with breakdowns from our local experts. It's free and available wherever your podcast from, including the Lockdown On NBA YouTube pan- uh, YouTube channel. Also, if you're a baseball fan, Locked On now on the Lockdown MLB YouTube channel it does the same thing. Recaps every game from the night before from uh, from MLB. And if you're an NFL fan, a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans in the area, Chiefs fans like myself in the area. Uh, if you're an NFL fan. We have you covered with the ultimate mock draft. If you were listening to this podcast a year ago, you heard us do the ultimate mock draft for the NBA. We will be doing that again. And that takes our local experts, our national experts, former players, executives, scouts, everything into one huge podcast where we break down every pick of the first round. We'll get caught today on the NFL draft by listening to the ultimate mock draft for the NFL. And also the locked NFL page. will have a ultimate mock draft show. I should say an ultimate draft show live on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Locked on in a YouTube page, so we have you covered on all sports, uh, and of course, whatever team you like. Locked on Thunder is here, locked on Royals in baseball, locked on Chiefs in football, etc. etc. Just look up the locked on and team name, and you'll find your podcast you want to listen to. So, check us out everywhere. And thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode, including the platform of YouTube. Subscribe, comment, like all that fun stuff over there on YouTube. Now. Let's talk about the topic of the day in Oklahoma City. Uh, One that's not very uh, interesting to me personally, exciting to me personally, I should say. It is interesting. Russell Westbrook's return speculation, right? Look, we're at that point right now where the only thing fans can do right now is scrap your team's not in the playoffs we're still a month away from the lottery a couple months away from the draft and free agency you just got to claw for any morsel of hope or transaction that you can because for the thunder the transactions are more important than the games right now and how do you find that transaction well insiders people who talk behind the scenes to people relaying information to you, but also in this day and age, social media. And Russell Westbrook took to social media. And he deleted all his social media posts with every other team, the Rockets, the Wizards, the Lakers, except he kept the Thunder posts on there. And so that caused a humongous swing on social media, Reddit, Twitter, everywhere else about this saga. Right, And is he going to return to Oklahoma City? Is this hinting at a comeback? I'm sorry to burst any bubbles here, but no. <laughs> I think it's not hinting at a comeback. I think that if anything, it's Russell Westbrook uh, just cleansing his social media while also realizing, hey, there's no real reason to get Thunder fans in a tizzy. If I delete every Laker post or Wizards post or Rockets post and, and that fan base feels some type of way about it, I don't really care because I don't care for that organization but I still care for the Thunder organization. I do not want them to feel like they've been, that they've been hit in the crosshair of all of this. While the slanders on an all time high, while I feel like my back's against the wall in my career right now. And I'm, I'm trying to decide which path to go down in my career while I'm, while I'm dealing with all of that. And I've spoken out against, you know, the slandering, right. Russ Westbrook for the first time really has spoken out against you know, being called Westbrook and, and, and Westbrook and kind of let it be known for the first time that it does get to him a little bit because of, the family aspect of it because of the external factors and all of this. All that to say, I think that all this was was a favor of the Thunder. To, as a little aside, as a little as a little nudge, say, look, I might be furious with the Laker fan base right now or the Laker organization. I might not have loved my time with the Rockets or the Wizards, and same thing with their fan bases. But I always got your back, just like you've always got my back. I've always got your back, and I'm going to keep Thunder posts on here because that was a time period of my career. And really, you know, if you're going to be honest. The only time period in his career where he's had success on and off the floor. And so um, I don't think there's anything deeper than that. I think I think it's just a matter of, of the Thunder have done nothing wrong to me. If I'm going to take all these posts down, i will leave the Thunder posts up because we have that special connection. I don't think it's a, a hint of what Sam Price is going to do. I don't think it's a hint of the rest is coming back. Because you just look at this, and he's owed $47 million in the player option. I just can't envision a world in which Russell Westbrook turns down $47 million on his player option. You can take the stance of, well, he's made so much money in his career, and maybe he's in a place where he values just comfort over the money because it's not going to be comfortable playing in L.A., and, and the Lakers are going to try to find a trade for him. Or if he opts out, he's noble, quote-unquote noble in that way, and picks his own destination and comes and and mentors these young players in OKC. I don't see that happening. I think they're going to pick up his $47 million player option. I think that that's storybook stuff. And if it did happen, uh, they could write a, a Disney movie about it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, so you got to factor in him being paid $47 million. I don't think that there's going to be a buyout option in LA personally, and it's going to be hard to find a trade partner in LA for, for Russell Westbrook. You have, so you have that money. Plus, Derek Favors has already said he's going to opt in to his $10 million player option. Now, if you traded for Russ Westbrook, that'd be a part of the deal here, obviously. Uh, I don't think he can make his worst Westbrook trade work without trading Derek favors as well. Uh, So that's just on the books, but just as a little aside, you know, he'd be in the trade. The Thunder though also owe Kimball Walker $27.4 million and they still owe Kyle Singler a million dollars. NSGA's contract kicks in at $30 million. Well, the Thunder will operate under the salary cap floor until the draft uh, occurs on draft night. While that will still happen. It's not as though that, that, the Thunder will just now be meeting the floor at draft night, right? They, they still have all these other, all these other outgoing uh, money and, and kicking in money in SGA's case of uh, thirty million dollars, where they're no longer going to be in the top five of salary cap, uh, of freed salary cap. You can go look at Keith Smith and, and Spotrack and and find all this information for yourself, but it's not as though well they project projecting get a high cap team to just absorb a ton of money right now. Uh, so that's number one. Then you get into the basketball fit, right? And look, we all love Russell Westbrook. He's going to have his number retired. He's going to have a statue outside the Paycom Center, or whatever they name it at that time. Um, on the floor right now, you just had a season in which you were crucified, and in some and in a lot of cases, wrongfully so. Right, his season was not as bad as Laker fans and the media tries to portray it. It also was not a Russell Westbrook caliber season in general. But again, it was not as bad, nowhere close to as bad as it appeared on social media. And so, Russell Westbrook, the ultimate competitor, are you ready to take a step back and a bench type of role, whether you're starting or not, quote-unquote. Again, you guys know how I feel about starting. Starting, uh, technically, if you get your name called by the PA announcer at the start of the game, you're a starter. But I care about the minutes load. And so minutes-wise, I just can't see him getting starting-level minutes for this team next year. So are you ready to take that step back in terms of your minutes? After a season like this, where you still produced and if you were doing this on any other team that didn't have the turmoil and toxicity of the Lakers or the Nets or, or a team like that high-drama team, if he was doing this in, say, Washington still, this would not no one would bat an eye at it and just say it's Russell Westbrook being Russell Westbrook. But since it was in L.A., since it was dealing with LeBron's injuries and AD's injuries and that team was once a, a title favorite or, or a second title favorite, whatever, they finished out in Vegas at the start of the year. I think it was number two, that title favorite. Since that point and since all that precursor happen, then this, this season gets just kind of just extended into something that wasn't and, and, and kind of ruined by the narratives. Points per game dipped, right? This three-point percentage dipped, but his field goal percentage went up. And free throw percentage stayed the same, went up by one, 1%. Rebounds dipped, assists dipped. It was not a great Russell Westbrook season, I'm not going to say that, but it also wasn't as bad as people think it was. And so I'm saying that to say, if you're Russell Westbrook, are you ready to take that bench role now? Because if you if you reside to a bench mentorship role now, after all that slander, then that will just be confirmation bias to the narrative of what last year became. Whereas if you either play for the Lakers or go to a team that will use you as a true, legitimate starter and starter minutes, and you play just a tick better than you did last year, which I – think he's more than capable of then that still reshapes the narrative around your career so that comes down to is the time right for him in that sense of his career and if it is if he thinks that the time's right for him then it goes into fitting him next to SGA and Josh Skiddy, which will be very awkward and that's you know that's precisely why I don't think that he'll play starting level minutes because the most important factor of this is not Russell Westbrook's homecoming. It's not Russell Westbrook coming back to save the franchise and and drag them to a play-in game. The most important fact still remains that next year is about the cohesion between Josh Giddey and SGA and figuring out how they work together uh, and, and figuring out how you build around a team with those two guys as your main component. So personally for me, I don't be the time right for Russell Westbrook right now or the time right for the Thunder right now. I think that this is just a classic case of we are searching for any information possible. We are we are waiting with bated breath for the next transaction, and it was a social media deep dive somebody did, and it was a it was a case of the Thunder fan base looking too far into a secret message trying to decode Russell Westbrook's social media. I think what he really meant by it is hat tip to the Thunder organization and the fan base that, that they're not going to get caught up in the crosshairs of the toxicity around Russell Westbrook right now, not not to a default of his own, but to uh, you know the national media and fan bases of the Lakers, and to a certain extent, the Rockets and the Warriors. I should say the Rockets and the Wizards as well. But that's what I have to say about that. I do not think it's going to happen this offseason, uh, but we'll see. Now, I do want to tell you right now about your friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your next order. Folks, I love Built Bar because most bars can uh, contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar. A candy bar typically has around 240 calories, and 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. The best part about Bill about Bars, it's a protein bar that tastes like a hint candy bar and has 100% real chocolate on the outside. However, it is the healthy option. And with that healthy option, a lot of the times comes limitations, right? If you choose to do the healthy thing, you're losing out on, uh, you know, kind of variety, you're eating the same thing over and over again, that repetition becomes stale. Uh, but with Built Bar, it's a healthy option. They have a ton of variety like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate, peanut butter, white chocolate cookies and cream, uh, normal cookies and cream. They're all delicious. All these flavors are great. And they're great for you. My personal favorite is cookies and cream. So we'll try them out today. Built promo code lot 15 15% off your next order. That's built.com promo code lot 15 15% off your next order
1: Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, Go check out the Locked on NBA podcast from Jump All the Playing Tournament to the NBA Finals. We're going to take you deeper inside the playoffs than you've ever been before. So subscribe over there for free across all pod- podcasting platforms as well. And that's another daily podcast for you over there, Locked on NBA. Now, let's end the show with taking a spin on tankathon.com. Three to be exact. Let's see how the Thunder do. Our first spin comes up with an interesting scenario. The Pelicans get number one via the Lakers. So that Lakers pick leaps up to number one, and the Pelicans get it, and uh, that would just be the cherry on top of a historically bad Lakers season. The number two team is the Kings. A huge leap there for the Kings. Uh, and then Pistons at three, and Thunder at four, with the Houston Rockets falling in at five. So in this spin, the Thunder get picked four, 12, 30, and 34. Obviously, you know I love Shaden Sharp at four, but Tankathon has them going with Jaden Ivey and, uh, and Jalen Duran. Their option at 12 might be Mark Williams if the Thunder want to go there, but that's who the Tinkathon has the Thunder taking. At 30, you could see anyone from Christian Braun to Patrick Baldwin Jr. You know, you have know, Patrick Baldwin Jr. somehow falls to 30, the Thunder should be all over that, in my opinion. Then at 34, one of my favorite second-round prospects is Jordan Hall, but I think that might be a little high for him, so we'll just kind of have to see how the first round shakes out. The second spin has the Rockets-Blazers-Thunder. Thunder get top three, in any scenario in which the Thunder get a top three pick, you have to consider a massive win. Uh, in terms of just, you know, the lottery system and how topsy-turvy it is and how this draft class is defined where you have Jabari, Paolo, and Chet uh, and you have these different options for the Thunder. This is either going to get you Chet Holmgren or Paula Bancaro, in my opinion. If Jabari Smith falls through, that's that's wonderful because we did our Jabari Smith player profile and projection on Monday and you know that he's my number one guy with a bullet. We had Chet Holmgren's profile yesterday with Richard Stamon. Go back and listen to those two podcasts as well. If you have not already, uh, but I think that three is c- kind of going to land you at Palo. And so that would be a very interesting case for the Thunder in the rest of this rebuild. Our third spin, worst of the day. Pistons, Pelicans via the Lakers. So again, Pelicans got two lucky spins in this time. Uh, Kings, Wizards, Rockets, Magic, and Thunder at seven. The Thunder get seven, 12, 30, and 34. Uh, Tankathon has the Thunder taking Shaden Sharp. Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, uh, one of the two at 12, and Patrick Baldwin Jr. at 30, and then Bryson McCowns at uh, 34. So that's the three spins for the Thunder and for this Pinkathon situation. I do want to say, though, as we close with the worst spin of the day, we get seven. In this draft class, I believe it's going to be easier to trade up in this draft than it was last year. I believe it's going to be easier to trip in this draft than it was last year. And that's because of the non-consensus top number one overall pick. You know, Cato's number one with a bullet last year. Um, and that made it hard and that eliminated one of your th- one of your three options or four options or how you wanted to get in that draft last year, right? Now there's not a real limitation on it. So I think this gonna be easier to trip in this draft. And no, I do not buy into the fact that the teams are just going to squeeze OKC for everything they're worth because they know they have the picks to spare. Now, that's just not how it's gonna work, in my opinion. And yes, I do believe that Sam Preston will be willing to deal uh, and give up some future assets if he can make the right call and, and kind of get his guy who he values at pick two or three or one or whatever he ends up trading up for. So I think that this year is a lot more realistic of a year to expect a trade up or to uh, or to hope for a trade-up than it was last year, even. And so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. Look, guys, it's gonna be hot and heavy. Here soon, the draft combine and the lotteries in a month's time. That's when we get more information on these prospects. Then from there, we're talking with agents and, and behind the scenes and trying to uh, figure out what's going on uh, as teams start their private workouts and uh, interview process and things of that nature. But again, 20 days, 18 hours, and 23 minutes until the NBA draft lottery. So make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Thunder you use future podcast from. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, be good. And be good to one
1: another.